Thank you so much to Gareth Cliff back again on Monday with the team. Wow, it is always a little bit crazy here with Miss Cliff Central and a whole bunch of guests. Seaport Hotsticks was in here as well. What a cool guy. And uh, it continues here on Cliff Central on a Friday morning. Thank you so much. Good morning, Sanbonan Nonke. My name is Andrew Levy and welcome to the show. Now, sending a tweet or updating a status has become a multi-million dollar industry. Uh, next week, Monday, is the beginning of an event called Social Media Week here in Johannesburg. And for some, social media is just a way to update what you're having for dinner called food porn. Uh, for others, it's a complete irritation. And for more and more, it's becoming their livelihood. Welcome to the show. Today, we're going into the world of social media, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're going to be speaking to the MD of Social Media Week, as well as psychologists, guys who run their own ad agencies, creative websites. We've got a guy from Kenya. I'm not sure what he does with tweeting, but we're going to find out as well as a chief uh, in East Africa. It's going to be quite a crazy show. There's a lot of people. We're speeding it up. We're going to be speaking to all sorts uh, so let's begin this and get going. Welcome to Friday morning. I have 422 friends, yet I'm lonely. Social networking sites like Facebook and Twitter are certainly all the rage, but are there hidden dangers? Online dating is no longer taboo. 74% of singles now say it's how they look for love. Polls show that most of them log on more than 10 times a day. The further people would consider going online to find a date. Self-professed dorky dudes with math degrees has found a way to shine. Has the growth of social media been a positive or negative reality for America? It's here to stay, but the question is, what has the consequences been? More evidence that all of that social networking is leading to sleeplessness, depression, or even worse. All right, so lots of negative views around uh, social media in, uh, in the, the news and on websites. So, of course, there's obviously a lot of positive stuff. And first up, we're speaking to the MD of Social Media Week in Johannesburg. Her name is Sherry Biting. Sherry uh, has a wealth of experience in the digital and social world and is leading the charge in Social Media Week in Johannesburg this week. Sherry is on the line from Johannesburg. Good morning to you, Sherry. Good morning. Hey, I have to tell you, that's the best introduction I've heard of Social Media Week yet. That was amazing. Listen, I, the I, bad I, and the ugly. It doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> I definitely try. I definitely try, Sherry. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, now, Social Media Week in Johannesburg, it's a very new thing. Give us a, an understanding as to why we're doing it and, and what was the thinking behind it. Sure. Um, Social Media Week, this isn't a new event. I mean, Social Media Week's been happening uh, for over six years, uh, started in New York City in 2009, and over the past few years, it's grown to 20 cities around the world. Uh, so, uh, Johannesburg has been the, the most, one of the most recent cities to join the list of, uh, of some of the, the top most interesting places from, from London to New York to Sao Paulo to Rome, Italy to Berlin, Barcelona, you name it. I mean, Lagos actually bought Social Media Week to the continent too. Two years ago, so um, I mean, the time was just right to bring it to Johannesburg. The time was right to bring it to South Africa, and I think you know the energy and the amount of of, um, of innovation that's coming out of the Johannesburg market specifically made it, it, it a great location to to start it for this year. All right, so ten ten locations all across um, all across the world, and Lagos. Uh, Beat us to it. She's there beating us in a few things, but not building quite clearly. Um, but uh, tell us a little bit about how you got involved in, in social media. What's your own path? 
Sure. Well, well, I work with a company called Digisense, and we are kind of a content um, marketing company. Um, where we we are come from, all of us come from different backgrounds in, in um, sort of journalism production. I come from a PR background, from a very traditional sense. But our our business model is centered around taking those traditional what means of storytelling and content creation and making that work on digital platforms. So social media, we kind of came along. We knew that the guys who started the event uh, in New York, who owned the brand, were interested in coming to Johannesburg. So we threw our hat in the ring. I mean, we we pitched ourselves last year and said. You know, we love to bring it to the market. We think, you know, Johannesburg is the perfect place for it. This is the best time to do it. Did a series of sort of presentations, and we received a license to bring it uh, in February of this year. So we've been working for most of this this year to get all the right players in part, all the right partners, all the right speakers. Um, And here we are. We're about to make it happen next week. So obviously very exciting for you guys happening in and around uh, the Bramfontein and Witz area. Has has Joburg, uh, you know, have you got good feedback from uh, the people of Johannesburg? Absolutely, absolutely. The interesting thing is, and this is what I love about Social Media Week, it's not sort of your traditional conference. It's not one of those things where you go into a room and you sit and you listen to a speaker all day, then you break for lunch, and then you come out and you hear another set of speakers, and then maybe you'll go out and have some drinks and nosh and network afterwards. This is more of... um, it's a week-long series of multi-format events. So you may have on one day a panel, a keynote, um, you know, a fireside chat, and you may have some master classes as well to attend to actually learn some hands-on skills on how to use certain platforms, how to sort of come up with really interesting strategies for your brand, how to use existing social media platforms if you're, say, a young creative who doesn't have a massive budget like a Coca-Cola or, you know, a major brand, but you have a really great business idea, but you want to learn how to kind of build your own brand on social media. We're having an actual master class on, on things just like that um, for Instagram specifically, how to use Instagram as a free marketing tool. Um, you know, how if, you have, if you're a blogger, how to go from beginner to boss. You have a blog. You have a website. How do you make money from it? How do you get, you know, a really decent following? Um, so those actual hands-on master classes for people who, who um, are at different levels of their lives, different levels of their careers. And the one thing that kind of brings this event together is that it's attracting people who are really interested in digital technologies and social media and how it can move themselves forward, how it can move their businesses forward, um, and how it can move the South African economy forward. Um, but they may be coming for different reasons, but they're all connected by that very same thing. So I think it'll be quite interesting. You ask how have people been responding. It's been amazing to see the great response from major corporates. I mean, we have great support from Accenture and Microsoft, who have been amazing partners of ours. The city of Johannesburg has gotten behind us, and they're doing quite a bit in terms of making broadband access available throughout the city, and Mm. they're doing quite a bit on their end. So they've been a huge support system for us, um, and we'll be kind of doing some some things with them and and even highlighting areas where the public sector can utilize digital tech and and social media to provide better services for people on a day-to-day basis. But then we also have sort of the youth who've been really, really um, excited and supportive of of what we're doing. We have a a number of free events that are open for for young people who just kind of want to come in and hear what we have to say. Um, On Monday, we have a guy, Jamal Edwards, coming from the UK to to, um, talk about how he's been able to grow a really successful website um, and sort of music and and lifestyle website um, based in the UK, but he's become a millionaire. Uh, which started on YouTube, and then he's been able to really monetize it. This guy isn't even 25 years old yet. So he's coming to South Africa and sort of to tell his story 
to other young creatives who are trying to come up with similar business models. So it's been a very interesting um, mix of, of responses from across the board. But I think that's what makes this event so much more interesting. All right. We're speaking to Sherry Biting at the moment. She's the MD of Social Media Week in Johannesburg. Well, you took away about 15 of my questions there, Sherry. So thanks very much for that. Uh, if, you, if you've just joined us <laughs> no on cliffcentral.com, uh, we're talking Social Media Week and we're talking social media in general. Uh, if you have a comment, uh, get online at cliffcentral.com uh, or at yebo underscore leave. If you want to see the schedule for the week ahead and where it's all happening, I have just posted that on online. So you just go check it out. Uh, you can also go to www.socialmediaweekjohannesburg.com um, and to, to find all the details. Uh, Sherry, just very quickly, you spoke about this idea of it's not just you know speakers. Um, there's also this kind of angle of crowdsourcing events during the week. What what can we expect mm. from that? How do you choose what goes up and what doesn't go up? Uh, give us a little bit of understanding into that as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so from April of this year until the end of July, we had opened up for anyone to submit their own event ideas. Um, so it wasn't just a one-way conversation. It wasn't just us sitting in a room saying, what can we put together for this week? We really wanted to make this um, an open and collaborative event. So, um, so the only real criteria that we had is that it's relevant, you know. Um, so it doesn't have to speak to a specific audience as long as it's somehow it's interesting, it's timely, and it's relevant, and it's relating to social media and tech in some way, shape, or form. Um, and we had we received some pretty interesting submissions. Um, yep. You know, I think this is year one, so I think you know we 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 had quite a few come in. For instance. Um, we have a literary event happening in a bookstore in Melville on Thursday that is a totally independent event that's being produced with, uh, with a few really kind of interesting, interesting speakers who are kind of going in on how digital tech is, is changing the way that people interact with books. You know, are we reading physical books as much as we were before? How, how are digital platforms able to, um, help authors to tell their stories differently or to, to promote their books and promote their, their, their stories in different and more interesting ways? Um, so they're actually going to be doing that in a bookstore, followed by, you know, an opportunity for people to buy some of the books that they'll be discussing during that talk as well. Right. Um, I know Ogilvy, the guys at Ogilvy are going to be doing some things as well independently. So, yeah, so go ahead. I know we have quite a few independent things kind of mixed <laughs> with what we're doing. Sherry, very quickly, yeah. before before we go, we've got lots of uh, uh, people that we're going to be speaking to who are actually speaking next week, so we're going to have to get on to them at some stage. But who are you most looking forward to uh, hearing uh, throughout next week. Come on, I know it's hard because there's so many amazing people, but there's got to be one or two that you think are just flipping unbelievable. Who are they and how do we I get to go to those? No. Come on, Sherry. I'm I putting cannot, you on the, on the spot here. Let's go. Don't put me, you, you're totally putting me on the spot. I have to say, I mean, there's so many amazing speakers that I, and I'm all more about balance and, and so I'm, I'm going to give you kind of a mix. I think I'm really excited about, like I said, Jamal Edwards coming in um, from the UK and giving his talk because his story is really inspirational, whether you're young or old. Um, it just it kind of taps into the entrepreneur and all of us. Um, I'm looking forward to some of the talks that Lee Nake from Accenture are going to be doing around how to use digital technologies for the city. How do you become a smarter and more digital city using technology? That's that's going to be a, a pretty good one. Um, later on in the week, on um, the Thursday, TwinWatching.com is doing a whole session on um, asking consumer trends. I mean, they have some, a really nice lineup. It's three hours, just jam-packed of, you know, trends to look forward to for the next year, really cool, interesting in, innovations that are coming up that are, are kind of tying into digital tech as well. And then we have some talks on Friday that are more music-related, um, 
So we have OK Loom Cool Cat talking about how he's been able to use Twitter to kind of expand his brand as a musician and a whole talk on sort of the future of music streaming. How are people consuming music on digital platforms? So those, I mean, I'm a creative, so I love the creative conversations. And I think the, the, that with the mix of some of the business stuff is going to be pretty interesting. But I will say, if you guys are interested, I have to almost correct you on the website. Uh, the information on the site is actually socialmediaweek.org slash Johannesburg. Ah, there you go. Um, okay. There, good, good to yeah. know. Good uh-huh. to know. And, yes. And, and all- then from there, you can find the schedule of events. Of events. Yeah. All right. And also on Twitter, you guys are SMWJHB. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, it. got that right. Sherry Biting, MD, MD of uh, Social Media Week Johannesburg. Thank you so much. And listen, good luck. I hope that this uh, becomes a huge, huge driving force going forward uh, and a complete normal uh, event on uh, the Joburg calendar. I wish you all the best and let us know how it goes. Thank you so much. And I hope that you can come out and attend. Oh, listen, we de- we're definitely going to be there. And uh, apparently one of my colleagues will be speaking. I can't speak about it now. She told me not to, but um, she is speaking. So we will definitely <laughs> see you there, Sherry. Thank you so much for joining us. Sherry Biting on the line uh, from Johannesburg. She's a super cool, super, super inspirational woman. Um, I think that her team will be speaking as well at Social Media Week Johannesburg. You've got to, got to check it out, socialmediaweek.org. Uh, uh, forward slash Johannesburg for the details. I'll also put a link up on our Twitter at Yebo underscore Levy. There's a whole bunch of stuff happening uh, in and around Bramfontein and uh, and Vitz. So if you are in the area, get down to, to that area throughout next week, as well as online. They will be streaming some of the, the talks as well. So check it out. Of course, uh, talking about all things creative and websites, we've got an interesting guy who's going to be speaking at Social Media Week next week. His name is Uno Duval. He's the founder and publisher of Between 10 and 5 and also one of the speakers. Uh, Uno, I believe you're in Cape Town for the Luris. Good morning to you. Uno, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you there fine. There you go. Nice to, nice to chat to you. I know the weather's pretty bad down in Cape Town, so obviously it's affecting the, the lights. Yes, it must, must be that, right? It must be that. Yeah. <laughs> right, so you started out in advertising and soon moved over to the thing that you love. A lot of people are too scared to take that leap. What made you do it? You know, I think Channel 5 has been a, it was a side project for a long time. Um, and I, it was kind of taking over and it was, uh, there was a lot of interest in people wanting to run ads on the site and wanting to kind of give us money. And we just never had a platform to do that. And then, um, and then I decided in, um, it was in 2012 that we, we made a little bit of money and I thought, Hey man, it's, look, it's, it's a viable business. I can actually make something here. And, um, and then I thought, let's, let's see if we can do it. Yeah. So you are the, the founder and publisher of Between 10 and 5. If you've never heard of it, you've got to check it out. Uh, I've just posted a link on Twitter. They're at 10 and 5. Um, very, very, very cool website. And effectively, you guys have found yourself in this position where everyone looks to you to find out what the coolest things are happening in creativity in South Africa. Yeah, that's right. We, we, we kind of at a central point. Of, it's almost as if we're a clearinghouse for creative work in South Africa, if it makes sense. A lot of people send us their work, so we get a we get a broad scope view of all the creative stuff happening in South Africa, from advertising to design to fashion to music uh, to new retail spaces, photography as well. A, really, a broad sense of stuff. Um, so we've kind of become that that place where people go to if they want to find out what the the current zeitgeist of South African creativity is. Um, so we're a good place if you want to see who's doing what, what's happening where, 
um, then, then where the where the spot to go to? Jeez, how's that word zeitgeist? My gosh, you know it's too know, early for it's too early for stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> now it's crazy to think that social media is really not even uh, well. I mean, I suppose it is a decade old now. But what were the early signs for you that this was just going to absolutely take over? Um, I think when we started getting getting enough reach on on social media for us to, to make it, make the business viable. Um, we started having a lot more followers on, on Facebook and Twitter, and um, people were sharing our stuff more. It really opened a channel to reach new people, um, which we didn't ha- we didn't have before. Um, not just us, but any business really. And I think that once you kind of understand that a little bit better, and you understand the, the power that an audience has in delivering content, um, then it kind of ticks over in your head. Oh wow, there's actually something there. There's there's, there's something new there. There's, a, there's something that you can use to catapult your business. So we're talking to Uno Devolf. You've just joined the conversation. He is the founder and publisher of Between 10 and 5. Uh, if you've never heard of him before, I've posted a link to 10 and 5. That'll start your procrastination for Friday in a good way. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff there, specifically around uh, Lurie's. Of, of course, that's coming up. You're doing a cool series called The Pioneer Nation as well uh, for next week's uh, Social Media Week. Um, and, of course, you, you've also got your own little website, which, which uh, I'll post as well, just to check out who this man is. But, um, you know, of course, creativity, social media, a lot of uh, the, the generalization, and perhaps it's wrong these days, is that creativity is, um, you know, is not, creatives aren't tech savvy. How have you seen creatives use, for example, the social media platform? Let me re-ask this. What is the best way of social media that you've seen a creative use um, to get the word out there of his or her kind of art or skill? It's difficult to say, really. I think the the everyone uses it in a new way um, every time. Um, the main thing is that you have something interesting to say and distribute and um, on social media. And I think that having great content um, kind of flows out of having a great idea and a great, and a great project um, as well. So <clears throat> some of the stuff that's been really cool is where, where people don't just use it as a broadcast channel, but they use it to gather information or, you know, if you do a like here, then you trigger something. If you, if you like something here, you might trigger something there um, that then creates, you know, a like box um, that lights up or something. Um, so there, there's been some interesting things where people use technology, social media to trigger something else. Um, I think that's, that's quite cool. Um, it, it is tricky because there's so many different platforms and some of them do, you can do stuff and certain things and, and other things not. Um, but yeah, there's, there's so many things out there that everyone has kind of used it in a unique, different way, which is, which is great. What do you think the next uh, evolution or next step uh, in creative social media will be? Um, I think taking the social layer and, and overlaying it with real-world data um, or adding... Um, adding a social dimension to interactions that we have in the real world. I think a great example for, for me is um, when I receive an, an email from someone in my Gmail, I have a little plug-in that shows me the, the person's social media profiles on the right-hand side of that email. So I can immediately, if, even if it's cold mailed me, I can see what their position is um, through their LinkedIn profile. I see a photo of them. I can see if we're connected to any friends. And I can see their latest tweets as well, immediately just from a single email. Um, and that's Jeepers. really add, add, adding a lot of value to, to, um, to my connection with that person. I can see who they are. I can see what they're about um, a lot quicker. Uh, and I think that we'll see that stuff happening in, um, in the real world as well. Um, Social media 
making stalking uh, you know easy for the last ten years. <laughs> huh? I see that. Okay. The, 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 I think face stalking is, is uh, definitely something that everyone has done. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Uno, stop giving away uh, some of your personality traits here. This is ridiculous. <laughs> All right, Uno Duval, he is uh, the founder of Between Ten and Five. Very cool name for a, for a company, just by the way. Uh, I've put Thank some you. links up on Yebo underscore Levy. Check out uh, Between Ten and Five. And also Uno's, uh, Uno's own uh, website to, to find out a little bit about this guy. You're speaking next week at Social Media Week. What are you speaking about? Yes. So next week I'm on a panel called Context is King. Um, and it's also one of the trend watching panel. I am going to be talking about um, the four P's of creativity. So I've kind of developed a, a framework a framework for what we see drives creative work. Um, not just in South Africa, but anyway, really. And um, the one specific thing that I'll be talking about is um, proximity and how proximity aids people in in um, kind of making creative connections between each other. All right. um, so that's, that'll be my, my, my talk. Brilliant. Uno Deval, last thing before you go, we've got a little bit of a, a competition. You know, we've got tons of social media people here. We're speaking to Kai Langer, Mark Hauger a little bit later. Uh, so everyone is plugged into the social media uh, space. So we've got a competition. Uh, we want to see who can get the most retweets uh, out of all the people okay. we're interviewing today. So uh, you need to go ahead and come up with something quirky that talks about Social Media Week and uh, includes uh, the the, the uh, at signs of Social Media Week, Johannesburg and Yebo underscore Levy, so we can just check what's going on. And uh, at the end of the show, we're going to see who's got the most retweets out of all the people we've interviewed. Uno Duval, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us and all the Thank best you. for next week. Thank you very much. Cool, man. Uno Duval, he is the founder of Between 10 and 5. Check him out next week at Social Media Week Johannesburg. He's going to be talking about it is Friday, and we got to keep it absolutely live and loud for the weekend. Good morning. I'm only come around like tourists on the beach with a few club sodas, bedtime stories, and pose like them named Chuck Norris. And don't know the real hard porker sandals are not pop to. They talk them with the way them got to. And voting twice to shot to. Don't make them spot to. Unless you carry guns and lot to. A beer talking come at you when trench town man stop laugh and block up traffic. Then them we learn pop up and them start traffic. Fatmatic, 
with the extra magazine in a them back pocket. And I bleach at night time in a some black jacket. All who not lock blocks at them a lock rocket. Then we pull the rope back up and like a shock socket. Then we run a road back with the cops block it. And from now till I'm morning, no stop clock it. If them run out around that broke back rocket. It's Friday, hang out with cliffcentral.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Andrew Levy. We're talking social media and social media week. Uh, if you've just joined us, welcome to the show. And of course, there's lots going on on Twitter. So check us out at Yebo underscore Levy and you'll find a whole bunch of links to some really, really cool things. Now, of course, uh, the big question is how does social media affect Africa and what is Africa doing about the, the social media trend and evolution? Uh, one country that has really taken it on in a big way is Kenya. And uh, next week, we've got uh, the amazing Mark Kagwa. He's uh, a Kenyan, a young guy who is probably the biggest expert uh, on uh, the Kenyan evolution of social media and he joins us now to talk a little bit about what's happening out there mark good morning to you morning to you morning to you andrew how's it going now you are you are the expert uh, when it comes to uh, kenya and while south africa celebrates the discovery of things like the creepy crawly kenya now celebrates the invention of mpesa ushahidi and uh, the brick concept what in your mind uh, has fueled this kind of growth in kenya well, I think Kenya has been placed, um, you know, geopolitically and also just in terms of the, the, the Kenyan mobile audience and just their affinity for new and interesting things, something which the former CEO of Safaricom calls, you know, just us being peculiar, peculiar in our adoption habits and our, our, our calling habits and, and much of the way we adopt new technology. And that's meant that, that some great ideas have not only just... Um, uh, they, you know, come out of, of Kenya, but have also taken shape and reached critical mass. And yeah, we're proud to say that we're actually putting out Africa changing and world changing technology from here. Now you, you and a few others wrote a report on the digital revolution that's, that's coming out of East Africa at the moment and outlined some gotcha. key trends uh, for 2014-2015. What were some of the most interesting discoveries that, that came to mind? Sure. So I think um, with, uh, with the report that we, we wrote, it's... Um, it's a 2014-2015 Mendo Social Media Trend Report, and just basically myself and and my my co-authors and and uh, folks around the industry who've been watching and seeing what's happening, uh, decided to just take a moment and reflect and say, well, what do we expect to happen? What ha- what can we confirm has happened now, and what do we expect to happen in the future? And one of the things there, certainly one of the most popular, has been the rise of social TV. So just seeing how. Uh, Kenyans have taken to television and really, really brought um, a richness to it thanks to social media and to the effect of even, you know, a brand new show launches today and all of the producers and directors and, and, uh, and the media executives are watching what social media has to say. This, I mean, we've seen, um, you know, literally a live television show last no longer than one episode before it got cancelled in one particular case. And that's just how seriously um, people take the bets they make and whether they actually yield results. So the quickest way to see what people think is, is social media. So Kenya's leading um, the way in that, even in the rise of WhatsApp. So we think that WhatsApp uh, is certainly a disruptive technology. I think in South Africa right now we have the likes of WhatsApp, WeChat, all of which are doing exciting things, and we can't wait to see them 
duke it out for the African market. But here, certainly with WhatsApp, there's um, been a very interesting trend where we've seen that incorporated into a range of different uh, parts of society and even technology to help people not just use it on their phones, but bring it to PCs and, and try and create, um, who, who knows, maybe technology that WhatsApp can acquire one day. So funny that you're talking about social TV. I heard a really interesting uh, article, a Reddit one, uh, about CBS in, in the States. They are, they, you know, they've got CSI and they've got CSI New York and Miami and whatever. And uh, their new series of CSI New York, I think it is, they're actually going to let people via social media predict the ending. And depending on that, are going to showcase, the, wow. you know, so they've made different endings. And then depending on the social media uh, response, they will then push that, which is un. Unbelievable. Wow. I, I really, I don't even know how that's going to work out. But I mean, it is really interesting. And you spoke about some statistics. In South Africa, we've got 11.8 million uh, Facebook uh, uh, users, Twitter 6.61 million. And of course, Mixit, that's one of, that's South Africa's 4.9 million uh, invention from here. How, how has Mixit, you know, because Mixit is, is seeming to be dying. Here in South Africa, um, they've just done a relaunch, but it seems to be quite popular in other countries in Africa. How is Mixit uh, going in 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 Africa? Well, I, I think Mixit has always stood out to us as one of the best examples of what local social media looks like. We, you know, it's just such a wealth of respect. I think for for the, the enterprise they've created and, and all the success they've had, and and in many in many respects, you know, people say, "Oh, you can't build an African." social network on African Facebook or what have you, but, but Mixit, I think, stands out with, you know, head and shoulders in terms of, like, what, what does it take to make one for what is ideally a country on the continent and emerging markets? And they have, I think, been trying to, to spread out into Africa, too. Now, the challenge for them, really, is just how, how fast technology is evolving and how aggressive the likes of um, Facebook, WhatsApp, and really WeChat as well. If anything, you know, DeepCentral.com is actually what social radio looks like. I, I know I, I've, I've said some, you know, things to that effect up here in Nairobi because telling people to watch that approach and um, and the, the partnership that, that makes that makes that happen. So I think in, in the case of what happens next for be it an African social platform or or really just African technology that, that's built here for here, um, it, it would be interesting to see, I think, what, a trend that we've seen abroad happen here, which is what, what folks are calling the unbundling of apps, right? So someone, you know, made this very heavy and big service that did 10 things, and they might make two apps that do five things each. Now, that, that might not happen the same way for Africa, but who knows, maybe sometimes that should be something Mixit could consider and pick that one thing that they want to do well and have been doing well and just continue to do that. Now, what's, uh, what's really interesting is about, you know, the social media evolution on education, specifically in Africa. And what's been amazing to see, and, and your report highlights it, is how uh, educationists and uh, politicians alike have really got onto the social media trend. What what cool things are, are happening in Kenya regarding social media and education? Uh, well, definitely for us, I think there's, there's the, the, the government element in terms of, you know, the government made promises around digital and, and really singled it out as something that's going to be fine. Um, this, this, uh, the current presidency and the, and, uh, and the way that the majority party would, um, would execute and rule. So I think there's, there's that element in terms of education. There's been, um, this, this concept that, that's definitely been going around, um, and across the kingship, across the globe, which is, uh, massive online 
um, and open um, courses or MOOCs, if you like. And, and I think it's just this, this chance for people to start to learn at their pace um, and in their own way outside of the classroom or what people call the inverted classroom. It, I mean, it's a really exciting time. And here you have people that are using SMS or um, USSD, so you know, the um, command such as star 144 hash to have people even write for exams. So you, you're seeing people take what's existing in Kenya, existing in Africa, um, and just saying that, look, if a kid has access to a phone at some point of the day, can we use those 10, 15 minutes that they've got it to help them revise for like a national exam or, or um, any, an assessment that's coming up? So there's, uh, no matter, I think, which sector you look, when you, when you ask the question, Africa plus mobile plus social plus X, you know, where X is healthcare, X is education, X is design, X is uh, sanitation, you really, really start to see um, yeah, some, some really exciting ideas and people are not afraid to back them, uh, particularly now that we're looking for solutions for, again, you know, this next billion in Africa or India, if you like, or Latin America. So people are seeing what, you know, world-changing or world-first technology can come from Africa and who knows, it could be Kenya, could be South Africa, could be, uh, could be the Congo, could be Nigeria, and, and it's, a, and it's a fight, an exciting time, I think, to, to watch people like that tell their stories and to watch how social media kind of incorporates in that and, um, and, and shapes the, the journey for them too. All right, we're speaking to Mark Kahwa. He is uh, one of the leading trendsetters and experts in uh, the Kenyan digital se- solution. He will be speaking at Social Media Week next week. Um, I read a really amazing story about uh, a chief in uh, in Kenya, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna blops his surname unfortunately. So you're gonna help me here with the pronunciation. Chief but, karaoke. Yeah, yeah, Chief Karaoke. It sounds like karaoke, but it's karaoke. And um, he is, exactly yeah. <laughs> he's using digital uh, digital uh, you know social media uh, to really help uh, crime fighting and use it as a. Uh, he wants to be a tech savvy village chief in Kenya. Um, Francis Karaoke, uh, administrative chief of Lanette Umoja, and this is in his own words, has used microblogging sites, Twitter, and Facebook for everything to, uh, from tracking down missing sheep to stopping home invasions. Tell us a little bit about this guy. Yeah, so Chief Karaoke is a great example. Um, and uh, so the thing that I'm coming to launch at Social Media Week next week is a publication called The A to Z of Kenyan Twitter. And he features in that. It's just a, a great way for people to sample the the quirks, uh, the you know the the characters, and really these colloquialisms that Kenyans often share. Now the chief is famous because what he's done is, without using necessarily a smartphone per se or smartphone technology, he's been able to get tens of thousands of people um, with dumb phones in this in this one um, subdivision that he's chief over, uh, and and he's actually been able to. Uh, using a partnership that Twitter has in Kenya with our Telco Safaricom, um, amplify his tweets to tens of thousands of homes. Um, and those people don't show up as followers on, on Twitter.com, but basically every tweet he sends out gets sent out to these guys. And he normally will say, hey, I've got a lost sheep that, that you know, is brown in color and has a little rope around his neck. And, you know, that one tweet comes to us and we see it on Twitter, but it's also going to 30,000, 40,000 people on the ground and they will instantly text him back and say, you know, right around the corner, about, you know, 600 meters from where I am, I thought cross you, should I catch it for you? I mean, he's spoiled robbery. He saved children in the middle of, like, um, a bee attack and, a bee, you know, when, when a, 
Hive actually, uh, you know, attacked some some kids near school. He's he's just been able to mobilize the community in an extraordinary way, and it's not due to any fancy technology. It's him, um, his his quirky spellings, and just his his, uh, his incredibly charming and endearing character, and just is him just being real, and people love him for that. He is. He's an absolute celebrity online. Very cool. Chief Karaoke, if, you, if you've never heard of him and uh, you want to find out the spelling of his surname, uh, I have put it on Twitter, at Yebo underscore Levy. You've got <laughs> to check it out. I've put his website there as well. It is just so cool. It is so cool. I've just uh, started following him as well. He's a very, very rad guy. Uh, Mark, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to see you next week. Uh, what day are you speaking? That's right. I'm going to be speaking on Friday. All right. Speaking on Friday about... Uh, Kenya and uh, the East uh, African social media explosion. It's been lovely chatting to you. We have one more thing going on. We've got a competition amongst all the the social media people that we're speaking to today. Uh, We're trying to see who can come up with the most retweets. All you need to do is come up with a quirky tweet that includes social media, Johannesburg and at Yebo underscore Levy. And uh, the most retweets wins a bag of chips. It's amazing. It's amazing the prizes that we give out on this show. It's fantastic. Mark, uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, if, you, if you've never heard of Mark, you've got to check it out. His, uh, his uh, link uh, to his website, and Nendo, is, uh, is up on Twitter right now. Thank you so much, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you. That was Mark Haugwe, really an amazing, interesting guy. He's talking about social media and uh, the role it's playing in Kenya. You've got to check out Chief Karaoke. He is super, super cool. Another guy who's uh, is pumping at the moment. He really is. He's the Mail and Guardian's 200 young individuals in South Africa. He's uh, just an all-round funky, cool guy. He loves being naked, apparently. Um, is Mike Sharman. And uh, at the heart of this social media movement is, of course, the advertising agencies. In the mid-2000s, a number of firms became bespoke social media and digital agencies and today are a huge part of the 3.1 billion rand ad spend spent in South Africa. Uh, a guy who got onto the train is Mike Sharman. Uh, Mike, good morning to you. How's it going, Andrew? Thanks for having me. No worries, man. So tell us a little bit about Retroval and what your business does. So effectively what Retroval does is creates online word of mouth spread for brands in the online space. And we break our offering down into four key pillars. It's strategy, so we look at what the business objectives are for a brand and how we can support those using communication online. Then from there, we create content. And creating the content can um, manifest itself in a multiple amount of ways. So it could be video content, it could be social media, it could be images, it could be blog posts. And then from there, we actually don't just leave the creative with the client and say, yeah, ta-da, you have a beautiful piece of creative, now the rest is up to you. We actually disseminate that content. So we use tools such as Webferential to that content to influencers, um, we use YouTube media, Facebook media to, to get the, the right target market to view the content that we're looking at, and then from there we track and re-report to make sure that uh, that brands are getting their value and they're seeing the reach that their content has in the digital space. So that's pretty much the, the four key pillars of Retroviral. Now, Mike, <clears throat> it was quite a scary space to be in, I suppose, back back in 2010. Uh, what made you get into it? What, what was the gap that you saw? Um, I'd actually been working in London for two years, from about 2008 until about 2010. And um, from 2008, already mainstream media was starting to have its interest peaked in the likes of Twitter. A lot of our clients in the more traditional comm space, they were really interested in, in how they could start integrating social media into into their campaigns and, and into their brand plans. And at the time, there were a few niche 
communications agency that was focused on digital that I kept an eye on in, in London. And then also back in South Africa, I was keeping an eye on the development of Ecom and the reduced broadband rates and all those kinds of developments. And um, I've always been interested in brand narratives and storytelling because I actually wanted to be an actor at one stage. So for me, I've always loved looking at ways in which brands can tell stories without forcing messages down people's throats and consumers' throats. And I think it's quite a challenge to get people excited about a brand when it's something that, you know, you're ultimately trying to convince them to purchase a product or service. So um, in 2009, we started doodling on napkins and Starbucks and starting to look at ways in which we could develop our offering. And Rachel Vile was really born out of the thinking that, you know, there were a lot of offerings out there saying digital was the holy grail. We found that um, you know, communication hadn't changed. There were just different channels. So that's where the retro element of our brand comes from. And then in order to make something go viral, you have to really create remarkable content, feed it to the right people. And that's when you give content the opportunity to be seen by as many people as possible. And that's where, you know, from a viral point of view, viral is in the eye of the beholder. Viral isn't a, a tangible figure or number. And that's something that we, we stand by quite, uh, quite strongly. I like I like the way you're thinking because the truth is um, it, it's not like you come up with an ad like Koo Beans and you're like, yeah, let's sell Koo Beans. Let's uh, just tell how amazing Koo Beans are because no one cares. You've got to make it relevant. And I, I mean, you guys are really uh, amazing at that. Uh, you were the brains behind, if, I, if I'm correct here, the Nando's social media last dictator campaign. Um, so so that, was, that was an idea that Black River FC came up with, so I can't claim that. You know, we obviously work from the digital strategy side of things, but the, the dictator side of things uh, as a TV concept and TV commercial concept, I uh, definitely can't take the credit for that. That is a Black River idea. And then we had the, the fortune of working on the digital side with uh, Black River and, and on Nando's brand for, for three years. So it was a really exciting time. They gave us a lot of opportunities to experiment. And, you know, we can, we can gladly say that we did work on a campaign that was seen by 1.8 million people just on YouTube alone. Um, but yeah, that was that was their idea. Those are the clever people right there. <laughs> My, very, very good to, to own up to that. Uh, you know, it's, it's always an amazing thing. You, you want to be able to go flip. Okay, I'm going to post something uh, and then I'm going to go to bed and hope that by tomorrow there's going to be a million people that uh, retweet, like, share, whatever the cat, dig, whatever it is, you know, and, and you guys seem to be doing that more and more. I think that, you know, it's, it's not something that you can just put online. Like, there's quite a lot of thinking and strategy that goes behind the way in which content is heated. Also, the right kind of people who would associate with that content and have some kind of emotional connection with it. So I think it's really important that, you know, brands don't just think, oh, yeah, we're going to make this great piece of video and it's, yeah, people are naturally going to flock to it, especially when there's like 100 hours of YouTube content being uploaded every minute. So there is no way to to just be found in the clutter. Like, you have to actually have a strategy to feed that concept and that content to the right people. And that's something to be vital for them, and especially the strategic element of that stuff. And we're hanging out with, uh, with Mike Sharman. He is uh, the founder uh, or one of the founders of Retroviral. Uh, if you've never checked out their stuff, go, go online um, and uh, hit Twitter. And we've put up uh, his own personal website as well as Retroviral's very, very cool stuff. Uh, we're talking social media week. Lots of people are getting into the discussion and digging uh, all the stuff that we're putting online. So do check it out. Uh, Jessica Ray Cray says, you're a bad influence putting 10 and 5 on because now I'm totally totally distracted um funny enough uh, th- there's a lot of people that are loving this uh, chief karaoke he is super cool you've got to check him out uh, mike if you've never heard of him you've got to got to check him out he's a kenyan chief using twitter to to find people's sheep it's absolutely unbelievable um that's amazing you're at the luries right now 
and obviously digital has, has become quite prominent at the Luries in terms of awards. What do you think has been one of the most amazing digital campaigns? Um, maybe not coming from Retrovile, so you don't have to be biased, you know? Um, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's up for you now that it's so recent, but one of the most um, exciting campaigns that I have seen of, of late uh, online has been the One Rand Man, One Rand Man campaign from King James And it's been amazing because they pretty much took a social experiment where they took some random guy from Cape Town and he basically spent his entire okay, Mike, we, we seem to be we seem to be losing you. Um, we do want to get those details of that campaign, so we're going to try to get you back on air. We're speaking to Mike Sharman at uh, Retroviral. Uh, he's just gone through a bad patch. Cape Town is experiencing some horrible weather. It is going to be cold this weekend, so so de- definitely dress up warmly. We're going to speak to, to Mike about the One Rand campaign. Hopefully, we can get him back online. So just some stats about social media, as I was saying. In South Africa, LinkedIn, 3.8 million users. YouTube, 7.2 million. Instagram, 1.1 million. If you're part of this uh, digital explosion, you have something to say, 0861-555-189. And uh, lots of people talking about it on uh, Twitter. And uh, we are speaking to all the people that are chatting to um, in Social Media Week next week. It's happening in Johannesburg the entire week. Uh, so you've got to check it out. It's happening in and around Bramfontein. Lots of cool things uh, going on. We're going to be speaking to a psychologist in a little bit, uh, Dr. Eddie Wolf, about what the effects of social media are on your psyche. A lot of people claim they get depressed when uh, checking out Instagram. I know I'm one of those people, definitely, about how cool all your friends are and what they're doing while you're sitting at home in your desk job. It is Friday. It is Yebo underscore Levy on cliffcentral.com. Welcome to the show and good morning.
man. Local is just so, so lacquer. It's Goldfish soundback, soundtracks and comebacks on Cliff Central Friday morning. Hope you're having a fantastic start to uh, a fantastic, fantastic day. It's a little bit colder than, uh, than we predicted. September, flipping hell, go away. It's summer for heaven's sakes. We're talking social media week. Uh, ahead of social media week happening in Joburg, across the city, but mostly in Bramfontein and uh, around Witz. It's going to be a super cool. If you haven't uh, got any tickets and you want to find out about it, just go to www.socialmediaweek.org forward slash Johannesburg, and you can check out the incredible speakers. We've been speaking to some of them uh, along the way. Mike Sharman, Uno Deval, uh, there's, there's just tons, tons. Mark Halgua is coming from Kenya. Uh, Sherry Biting is the MD. She, she was telling us a little bit about what was going on. Of course, you can check this all out on the podcast as well. Now, interestingly enough, a lot of uh, people have been talking and tons of articles on the positives and negatives of social media and what effect it has on your psyche. Dr. Eddie Wolf is a psychologist here in Johannesburg. He seems to be the expert and voice uh, of what social media does to you and your children. Uh, Dr. Wolf, good morning to you. Good morning, and nice to be on your show. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, let's just talk about the positives of social media first, because a lot of people talk about the negatives on, on one psyche and uh, psychology, but uh, there, there are some positives as well, aren't there? There are huge positives. Uh, firstly, uh, through social media, and social media extends to other things, uh, one person uh, stated it very eloquently. Uh, they said that, we extend our brains via social media to the internet, to the world, so that you you open up the whole world through social media and the internet. The world has therefore become a village where we can participate in cultures and experiences without actually having been there. So it's a very cheap, very accessible way for everybody, not just the rich, to be able to reach the world, to reach other people, and to broaden themselves, their brains extend across the world through social media. It's also helped uh, people that are, you know, are socially inept, people that don't feel comfortable in social situations, to actually have some kind of social life. Uh, absolutely, uh, uh, but that's a double-edged sword here because you you do extend your social life, but you extend it in a rather limited fashion. You don't learn to adapt, and you. Uh, you therefore get social life, which is a big plus, and you can develop your social life uh, through social media, which is another big plus, which otherwise they might not have had. But unfortunately, if they are indeed uh, uh, socially probably not as competent or not as exposed as they should be, they, they, they become more socially shy, and they don't necessarily learn all the skills that they need to have uh, to, to function socially. So it's a very fine balance that, that we're striking here. So, so, you know, if I were a parent and, I, and, and my shy child is now uh, uh, on the uh, Internet and, 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 and through the various social media communicating with other people, I would still encourage my child to try and use those skills that he or she acquired through that medium to extend it uh, towards interacting with other teenagers or children uh, in real life, where other aspects of communication come into play. We saw in China they've introduced the first um, social media walking lane, which is quite, it's just fascinating. So people who are, are on their phones 
who are walking in the streets, uh, I think it is of Beijing, can now get into a social media walking lane and therefore not be interrupted and uh, not have to look up all the time because everyone bumps into each other, which is which is just unbelievable. But but there is this huge concern, um, specifically from the older generations. Um, they're stressed about their kids being on social media all the time. You know, they're in their rooms just on the internet, pumping on their, their, their smartphones, and uh, they seem to be glued to their, their screens. If you speak to young people, they say, we're no different to, to any young person. I mean, uh, which is a good point. I mean, when cell phones were introduced, young people weren't cell phones. Um, you know, when, uh, when, when, um, when telephones were introduced, you would have to phone the house. Gosh, I remember those embarrassing moments where you're like, hello, Dr. Wolf, uh, can I speak to your daughter, please? Is there anything to really worry about here? What's the problem? Uh, I think the the problem started with us. It started with my generation when we were introduced to cell phones and multimedia and the the internet that we reveled in it because it it extended us and we set an example for our children. And this example that we set set and they followed it through uh, and it's now exploding in our faces because they now using the media to the exclusion of real physical interaction, because bear in mind that the uh, social interaction that they have through social media is is limited uh, to written communication at best, skyping mostly to WhatsApping and etc. Uh, uh, etc. Et and so that they 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 communicate in a very narrow medium. There is only verbal and written verbal communication. There is no non-verbal communication where you respond to a person's voice, to the inflections of the voice, to the to the body image, to the uh, body language that they that they portray. So once again, what what is very good if it's allowed to run rampant, uh, it 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 becomes a plague. Dr. Wolf, uh, a lot of uh, criticism about uh, social engagements and what's right and what's wrong. I mean, social media is here to stay. How do we deal with it going forward? Uh, we, we deal with it going forward by, by parents engaging with their children and uh, showing them that, yes, social media are wonderful, but balance it with applying what happens in your social, in your electronic social media to real social interaction. Uh, the, the parents need to set the example from the earliest age onwards. Uh, my fear is that we might have a lost generation, and unfortunately, you see it in restaurants where the following happens. You see a father and a mother and two children, and all four of them are on their phones WhatsApping other people. No, they're talking so to they're each other on WhatsApp, Dr. Wolf, about what's, what's best. <laughs> that is, that's what they should do. <laughs> Listen, we, we, we're running out of time here, unfortunately, but thank you so much for giving your, your impressions on uh, social media, and I'm sure we'll be speaking to you more about this as we go on. Uh, that's Dr. Eddie Wolf. Uh, he's talking about the effects of social media on uh, young people and old people, I suppose, and how it affects us in the positive and negative. Of course, Social Media Week next week. It is happening in Johannesburg. You've got to get down there and check it all out. One of the coolest people to come out of social media is, um, of course, you can't speak social media in South Africa without the name Kaya Dlanger. Um And he has really been a phenomenon. I mean, he's a small little chap, but he has a big, big social media presence. Kaya, good morning to you.
<laughs> Good morning, how are you? <laughs> you like that introduction. Eh? When did you realize that social media was going to be your thing? Uh, well, you know what? I didn't know that it was going to be my thing. Um, in fact, it, it was a very accidental thing, and a lot of people actually don't know this, but I really started social media on YouTube. That was the first time I actually did anything, and uh, I mean, I think very, very few people even knew what YouTube was when I started, uh, in, you know, on YouTube in South Africa, and uh, I was a huge, huge sensation in America. <laughs> if you don't say so yourself, the exactly. ever-humble Kaid Jaya. Now, listen, there's been, I mean, you've got 6.5 million views on YouTube. There's been a, a lot of talk about um, ridiculous requests that you get over social media. A friend of mine um, on Facebook just two days ago was asked by a Kashmirian man uh, to have an arranged marriage. He said he 